Welcome to Hot Chocolate Convos, where societal woes are tackled through the sip. These two chocolate divas have raw, unfiltered, and totally candid convo. Now here are your hosts, Kimberly and Shalisa. Let's get into the show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Tuesday Hot Chocolate Convos. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm so excited that it's Tuesday. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys. I'm so excited to be talking to my Kimmy. I just love you. I'm not going to see her. I haven't seen her today. You it haven't. totally you slipped haven't. my mind that you weren't there today. Did it? Where is she? Still no was kiss? It just, was it just not the same without me? <laughs> no. I always feel like it's never weird. the same without me. I didn't even go in there. I went in there at the end of the day, and I was like, hey, sleepyheads, where's Kim? So, tell me, tell me, tell me, what's your highs and your lows? So, my highs is that, okay, so guys, I'm traveling right after we record this, and I am so proud of the way that I packed. We have an amazing travel episode, spoiler alert, coming up for you guys. And our guest is Jada D on that episode, and Ooh. she gave us such great advice. Mm-hmm. I took that advice, and I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. I talk so light. I feel amazing. I really I'm do. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. This is a really big deal for people that know me. So, yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. That's and gross. I know. No, it That's really gross. is. Why bring a whole bunch of stuff that you're barely going to use? Why? That you don't even need. You got to know how then to you fold gotta, your clothes. Uh, then you're going you're gonna to have to unpack it when you get home. So why have to unpack all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lowe's. Lowe's, my darling fur baby Sunnuri has like this little rash. I know. He's been itching a lot, and he usually has, like, environmental allergies, so we have mm-hmm. to take him to the doctor every month to get the shot, yada, yada, yada. But it got so bad that he got this little shot, so he's not really doing amazing. They gave yeah. us medicine and stuff, but I just hate when he's sad. Like, it's just, he's not the same. So, so I never knew love. that dogs had allergies and all that. Oh, sweetie. Yes. I did not know that. They do. They do. They get allergies. They get sick. It's, yeah, These it's are like lot. babies. I'm telling you, except just mine is the college fund. That's it. Oh, my God. I'm feeling bamboozled. <laughs> I'm good on the dogs, too. <laughs> That's an emotional roller coaster that I don't need. I know. Remember I told you we were trying to make you the babysitter this one time when we were going out of town? And I was like, she's not good. It's not going to. She doesn't Then have I'm going to get attached. But, no, I would she's... get attached, and then he would get attached, and then you see how we were taking pictures together. I know. I don't need the emotional strain on my life. <laughs> I made one of the pictures on our Instagram of Shalisa and Dury having their little photo shoot. <laughs> Dogs and babies love me for some reason, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. Mary loves you. to me. I don't mm-hmm. know why. And then it's like, you, you want me to have this emotional attachment to you? And then what? And then you're going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gosh. Keep them away from me. I don't know why. Dogs. Dogs literally will come up to me and like mm-hmm. jump on me and everything, and I'm like, but I didn't I'm call you, you over here every time you're here. Like he loves you, he really does. I don't know why. Like he knows you. Mm-hmm. But no, girl, if I ain't doing that on the weekend, we'll be right up in here together. <laughs> just, 
Some days I don't even open my front door, y'all. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But what um, my highs. It was a really good weekend. I had a really, really good weekend. Um, it was my first time doing the CBC week and the CBC weekend. So mm-hmm. I kind of hung out with my friend and she got me into some places and we got each other and ourselves into some places. Mm-hmm. And it was just so good to see black people dressed up, having yeah. a good time. There was no drama. Girl, these outfits, yes. these dresses were everything. The hair, everybody's hair was laid, which was amazing to me because I'm not used wow. to seeing so many good hairstyles and so many good weaves in one place. but it was amazing because it's like i i saw angela rye i saw roland martin i saw Mm. a lot of congressmen senators i saw a whole bunch of people i saw people that worked in my building what are you serious yep i saw a couple people that worked in our building um I saw my old boss's boss out on the street and you know, like it was just, it was just so good to be amongst black people doing good things. That are so doing many things. it. Like, girl, they were passing. I'm like, I wish I had my own business cards. Like they passed my business cards. Yeah. Ronnie DeVoe came and stood right next to me and I didn't oh even know his name. <laughs> Leave it up to me not to know your name, but I knew every one of his songs. So I'm sitting there like one of the songs in my head, like, Get it together. Don't sing the song. Get it together. Maybe we're starstruck. <laughs> I was not. It happened. And he does. just, like, gave me a head nod. <laughs> At least you got a nod. Because I'm sure he read my face. He's probably yeah. like, crazy. She wants to say hi. She's really awkward. Let me just give her a nod real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that was the nod, okay? There you go. <laughs> that was the nod. He was like, yeah. There you go. Good day. But he was really nice, though. He was really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I was looking to see his wife. She wasn't there. But um, who did I? I actually took a picture of Roland Martin. He was actually really nice. Mm -hmm. He seems like he would be a nice person. He danced his ass off the whole time. The whole time. I love that. They were, like, just being themselves in their element. I love that. It was just so chill. Like, that's what I love. Like, I I could be myself. I danced. I sung every song that came on. They danced. They sung the songs. I danced with strangers. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I had to post it. It was on my Instagram story. It was amazing. So, Mm -hmm. my weekend was great. My first CBC. And I'll be surely attending more things next year. Aww. I want to do, I think I'm going to do the CBT next year. You know what? When they start sending stuff out next year, I'll send it to you because I got sent a Thank lot of you. stuff in the beginning of the week to where I was like RSVP for like 12 things throughout the week. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more offline, but our, our job was supposed to send us something about that to go oh, wow. to the actual convention center because Justin actually got to go. Are you serious? Yes. So... No worries, honey. We'll be getting into that. My lows. Um, I recently changed. Um, left my therapist. Maybe last year, I stopped going, and I wanted to start back. I called her, and she was nowhere to be found for a month. She emailed me back a month later. I mean, I girl, I, I could have been. I don't even know what to say about that. As a therapist, come on, you have got to at least send a text, an email. You know, nothing. Doing this or that or whatever. This could have sent smoke signals. 
Because I literally, wow. I, in the email, I kind of, like, broke it down. Like, I really wanted to start back, you know. I'm more in a, a better financial place to actually do things now. So I want to – I need it, lady. I need it. So <laughs> – no, that was I very professional up, of her. That was, that was. So I signed up very for a couple of more. Um, I went through black blackgirlstherapy.com, and I found a few more, and I tried to get some closer to my job. So that way it, was, it wouldn't be an excuse for me to get off from work and sit in traffic. I can just literally get off from work and go to somewhere in the city. Mm-hmm. Called the lady. They didn't take my insurance. Ooh. Called the that... lady. And the, the pay for it, sweetie. Oh, you don't read like hundreds that's why i always tell people make sure your therapist takes your insurance because sweetie it's not worth it without it it's not we need need to come up with an episode about this because i think it was just it was really a low for me because i'm like dang like do i i need a therapist i want one but it's 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 feeling like it's really hard call somebody else emailed her she finally emails me back after a week of me emailing her and she says Oh, well, we can talk on Tuesday. We talked yesterday. Sweetie. Ooh. Had a whole conversation. She was great. I loved her interview. Oh, great. But her next available appointment was October 7th. Oh, on the plus side, that's how you know she's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, because she only does certain days. So I'm like, okay, I, oh. I scheduled the, the first available date because mm-hmm. I'm off that day as well. But I'm just like, sis. Well, that is all fine. Refer me. I, I'm just at the point where, like, I'm trying to get referred somewhere else or at least mm-hmm. do something else because mm-hmm. it's like, sweetie, I'm trying not to choke somebody's neck mm-hmm. within the next yeah 30 days. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I really do. So that's my law, you guys. If you guys know of anything else I can do to look into other therapists, please hop into our inbox and let me know. Please do. I'm looking for a black, strong woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said it, sister. Let's get into this episode with my good, good girl, Miss Brian- Mrs. Brianna Jackson. And Woo! this is going to be a great episode, let me tell y'all. I don't know anything about what we're about to talk about, but she's about to school us. I'm so, so excited for this episode. Oh, my goodness. Like, girl, I can't even express how excited I am. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have no I love clue what I'm about to get into. I don't know. See, I'm the total opposite. So, <laughs> <laughs> without further ado, Mrs. Brianna Jackson. Thank you so much. Hi, ladies. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for being here. So glad to be here. I know it took us a minute to to get catch up here with all my crazy stuff going on in my life, but I appreciate you guys and happy to be here today. Thank you. No, life is crazy, girl. Right? (laughs) Let it tell me. Girl. So can you tell us about your journey to motherhood? Like, we're going to jump right into the question. Brianna is a mother and a wife. Yay. Yes. Every day I wake up shocked. It's still, it's really shocking. So, <laughs> um, so for me, guys, um, I think, you know, growing up, we all um, dream, well, not everyone, you know, I think, you know, not, you don't have to be a mother, but for me, uh, I always wanted to be a mom. I come from a really, really big family. Uh, my great grandmother had 12 kids. My grandmother had five kids. And then I'm an only child. So I didn't have any Are siblings. You? And I wanted to be I wow. am. That's that's I am. power to the only kids. 
At 16, I was diagnosed with uterine fibroids, which is very common for African-American women. Uh, at that time, um, it was giving me severe pain. I had menstrual cramps all the time, very, very heavy bleeding. Um, but I was young, didn't want to go through with surgery or anything, didn't think that it was going to affect me at all. Um, move forward 10 years later, and doctors started telling me that I probably would never be able to have children. Um, so I was devastated. Uh, they said at that point I had let it go too long, um, that there were too many have formed. And in the locations where they were, um, that they said that I, I probably was not was I was infertile and I wasn't going to be able to have a child. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so I was very devastated, but I just accepted that. I said, God, if this is what my mission is, my plan, no kids for me, you know, that may just not have been my purpose or my plan. Um, and so fast forward after college, I moved to Atlanta and I just started to be more exposed um, to uterine fibroids, realized that a lot more women had it, that it was a lot more common than I thought, and that people actually had gotten pregnant after it. Uh, and so I started doing research and finding a new OBGYN. And the first OBGYN I found in Atlanta, um, she was Caucasian. And I was a little taken aback um, by her because of some of the things she would say that I just thought were unprofessional. Like what? Um, she told me I was. She told me I was morbidly obese, and that what was contributing. The? That was contributing. Um, that was contributing to. Uh, and I'm a thick girl, but definitely did not think that I was morbidly obese. No. Um, and. So that was contributing and not exercising and things of that nature. Yeah. And so I decided I did not want to see her anymore. And that for me, mm-hmm. I needed at that point, I wanted to switch to African-American doctors. Yeah. Women had actually been through this before or had treated women that were similar to me. So I found a great African-American uh, doctor at Northside Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, she did a scan and saw the uterine fibroids, and she said, I think there is hope for you. Um, she said, I think that if we complete the surgery, I think it's going to be successful and that um, you may be able to have children. Um, at that time, mm-hmm. I met my, my now husband. He was my boyfriend at that time. Uh, and so he said, I want to be right there with you. Let's go ahead and try the surgery. And so motherhood for me started, I know this is a long way to get to your, your uh, question, but motherhood no, for me started in January 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started for me January 2017 when I decided to go ahead and have uh, a robotic myomectomy, which was to remove the uterine fibroids that I had growing inside of me. They said the surgery oh. would take a few hours. It was going to be an outpatient surgery. Mm-hmm. I was in surgery for seven hours. Uh, when they got in there, there were 22 fibroids on my uterus. Um, oh, and so a lot more than they oh, ever wow. anticipated. Uh, but they removed the fibroids. Um, and so um, fast forward six months later, and the fibroids started to grow back. And my boyfriend, we were now married. He was my husband. And they said, if you guys are going to try, you need to start trying now. Um, We didn't think we were ready. We hadn't even been married that long. Um, But we went ahead and started trying. Uh, And in March of 2018, I found out by the grace of God, 
after being told that I would never be able to have children, um, that I had, that I was pregnant. Um, and so, yes. And so it took, um, a year and a half. Like I said, I don't think that I would have been able to conceive had I not followed through and had that surgery. Um, but, um, after the surgery, uh, we tried and I did get pregnant. So I found out in March. Wow. 18 ladies. Yes. That is amazing. That, oh my gosh. I'm, look, I'm terrified to even have a baby, but that is, um, like, that is beyond amazing. And I say all the time, yeah, how. God is the ultimate decision maker. Not yes. Doctor, and I was not, just about to say, know. like, nobody, can, no man has the last word. And especially with black women, black women are so amazing. Like, I feel like black women can do anything. Like, that's amazing to even hey, go man. through and to come out of. And that's a blessing. It is. And I have so many friends that have some of the same issues, whether it's cysts, whether it's fibroids, whether it's endometriosis. And so, you know, I want women to know, please, 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 you know, if one doctor tells you no, go to another doctor, you know, do your research. And I highly recommend, especially yeah. because we deal with health issues that are completely different from any other race. Um, and if it is, you know, um, any of those, you definitely want to try to see a, a black a black OBGYN because they yeah. they dealt with those issues before. It's very common yeah. and they know how to handle it and they're going to be respectful, very professional, passionate, very loving, very nurturing. And I just hadn't received that in the past. And so I think that um, just being in that type of environment alone put me at ease. I wasn't stressed. It allowed my mm-hmm. body to relax. Um, and I agree with you guys that God is the ultimate decision maker and it was in his plan for me. Um, and so, yes, I have um, a baby girl. That is amazing. <laughs> That's so amazing. And you know what? A lot of women don't know that about, you know, fibroids and stuff like that until it's too late or until they're trying to have a baby. So like, I want to say yeah. this, like all women should be able to know, you know, their body inside and out. So ladies, we need you to go get checked. We need you to get your exams routinely like you should. Please do this because you never know what the outcome may be. You never know when you might want to have kids. Absolutely. Yeah, especially black women, like fibroids mm-hmm. are most prevalent in us black females, by the way. Yes. Fun fact. So how did you prepare for your birth? Like, how did you, once you got, once you realized that you were pregnant, how did you prepare for the day that you were going to give birth? Yeah, so my pregnancy, um, preparing um, was a bit easier, but also harder than most. Uh, Because my uterus had been cut open from a robotic myomectomy, um, I could not have a natural birth. Um, That was devastating for me. Um, You know, everyone thinks that, you know, you're not, well, they say, you know, you know how, you know how weak can be. You ain't no mom if you ain't push that baby out, you know, but I had to have a C-section. Um, and so going in, I knew um, that I had to have a C-section because of risk of uterine rupture if I were to try to have my baby naturally. Um, so women that push, you know, um, that's placing contract, you have contractions on your uterus. And the risk for me is if I went into labor and those contractions happened because my uterus already had been stitched up, it's all, it already had stitches, it's already been cut open, that it could tear. Um, and if it tore, then I could bleed to death and lose the baby and also lose my life. Um, wow. So I had to have a C-section. So I knew going in that I was going to have a C-section and also they would not allow me to go full term. Um, so I, I um, carried my baby until 37 weeks. 
Um, if you carry full term, that's still considered full term, mm-hmm. but you know, most babies go, um, 40, 41 weeks, but full term starts at 37 weeks. Um, and they chose to take the baby at 37 weeks because again, they did not want me to go in labor and have full blown contractions. Now I still had mm-hmm. contractions, you know, towards the end. Um, I went in several times for false contractions thinking I was going into labor, but I, I actually, um, wasn't in full labor mm-hmm. yet. Um, but preparation for me really started with talking to my family. Um, I said at the beginning, I come from a huge family. So I talked to my grandmother a lot. I talked to my aunts. I talked to the women in my family have that have gone through this, that I've given birth. I asked them a lot of questions. Um, I have. It's so important because they've been there before. They've been there and what. And old school, you know, I know a lot of people, there's so many new modern things, but no, old school is very knowledgeable. Um, and the way they did things back then, you got to think they didn't have modern day medicine like we have now. And they still had healthy births. Um, my grandmother had two midwives that delivered two of her five. And then the other three were born and born in the hospital. Um, and then uh, my aunt, she and I have a very similar health background. She has mm-hmm. fibroids. Uh, and so it was easy to talk to her about some of the things. I also read books. Um, I immediately, the day I found out I was pregnant, my husband and I went to Barnes and Noble and we picked up a couple of books. I'll be honest with you. I didn't finish all those books. You think you going in, you think, oh, you're going to read all these books. Yeah, I promise but it's you. a lot. Yeah. You're not, it's a lot. You're going to, you're going to skim through them. Um, but. I talked to friends that had had babies, um, but for me, I'm one of, in my close circle, I'm the first one to have a child, so I know they're going to be relying on me for a lot, um, but that's really how I prepared, um, and then my hospital, um, where I had the baby, um, they offered classes, and we registered for those classes, and I would encourage anyone, uh, most hospitals these days do offer classes, and if they do, please, please take them. Um, they were free for us. Um, there were six classes that we attended. Each one of them were like three hours long. They talked about breastfeeding. Um, they talked about uh, postpartum, prenatal care, um, medical interventions, labor and delivery. Um, you get to tour the hospital. You get to meet the nurses and the doctor staff. And all of that is important to help you feel comfortable. And it also um, gives you insight into things you wouldn't even believe that you may experience while going through delivery, but also even during the postpartum period. Um, and the postpartum period for me, um, you know, ultimately I ended up having um, a very serious um, health scare um, happen to me, but I would have never known how important the postpartum period was if I had not gone to those classes. I thought that the only thing you really had to worry about was having the baby and delivery, and that was it. But postpartum period is extremely critical and you have to make sure you take care of your body from the beginning through the end, upwards mm-hmm. to a year to two years after you've given birth. Yeah. Is it true that they call important. it like the fourth trimester it like is. after having the baby? It is. They call it the fourth trimester. Yes, ma'am. Oh, wow. That's important, ladies. I need y'all to take care of yourselves. Yeah. Did that you only tour like that important. one hospital though? I'm so interested to know. Or did you, did you just know? No. So I did a lot of research because I live in Louisiana 
And I was scared, guys. My husband's military, and we got stationed here two years ago. He's coming from D.C. I'm coming from Atlanta. So we're coming from two major cities that have great hospitals and great doctors. Moving to New Orleans, um, I, you know, I was a little nervous because Louisiana ranks last when it comes to uh, maternal mortality uh well, they rank first uh, when it comes to the mort- maternal mortality rate. Um, they have the highest rate. Um, second is Georgia. And so um, I was nervous when I found out that I was pregnant um, here. I, again, did my research. I found the best OBGYN here who is also a black um, female. Um, and it took me a while to even be seen by her. It took almost... Um, eight months to get on her calendar and wow, she um, was that book though she was that book she was that book and oh, when I found out I was wow. pregnant they told me that she was and, and that's another problem that's a problem ladies that that you know um there's just not enough there's not enough of us that are in this field and when I found out I was pregnant she actually um said her, her schedule was full that there were a lot of other women pregnant with that same delivery um date and she may not be able to take me on as a patient even though I was her patient she may not be able to deliver the baby uh and ultimately she ended up moving her schedule around and she accepted me thank goodness um, but I did look at other hospitals because of that. Um, and so, uh, I delivered at Oshner Baptist here in New Orleans, which is ranked number one in the state. Um, and that was important to me. There are a lot of other great hospitals here, but I encourage anywhere where you are to do your research because no two hospitals are the same. Uh, and so it's important that you, um, choose one that is ranked really well that has a very good um, program um, and that um, has dealt with, you want to look at, you know, if they have high death rates for infants, if they have high death rates for mothers, all of that is public information. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you talk to your doctor about that, but also look on the website. And if you notice that, you know, one in 100 or whatever are having complications, that may not be the place for you. And if, unfortunately, that's your only option, you may want to look into having a doula, someone that can be your mouthpiece, someone that can look for signs that sometimes the doctors and nurses that sometimes the doctors and nurses aren't aware of. Um, in the hospital that I was at, you know, you could have a doula. They had midwives. You could have a water birth there. Um, you could have a birth at home. So they offered all of those options because I had to have a C-section. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't get to participate in that. But oh, okay. there were plenty of women um, in the classes that I took. I got to know these women throughout my pregnancy because we attended those classes together. They did opt for um, an optional birth. Some of them had water births. Um, some of them had births at home. Uh, some of them opted for, you know, met, uh, births with no medication. And mm-hmm. um, a few of them had doulas. I did not have a doula, um, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Doulas are an added expense. And unfortunately for me, Tricare was not about to give me any money towards a doula. Understandable, girl. They're not. They Tricare ain't coming off of no extra coins. No extra coins. And so my husband uh, and I made the decision uh, not to have one. But if you have the money to afford one, most insurance companies will not cover it. 
but um, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to pay it out of pocket, uh, especially if it's your first birth, especially if it's your first birth. And maybe you don't have family or friends that have been through it before. You want someone there to be able to relax you, to calm you. And they're there from the beginning. When you first find out you're pregnant is when you can start working with a doula and you have someone that can be online for you. And of course, they're very, they're very important during the delivery. So can you describe your, your pregnancy then since you couldn't have the doula, um, but you did pick a great hospital that you thought was really mm-hmm. great. But being down in New Orleans, how was that environment for your pregnancy as opposed to being in like a bigger city or being somewhere you're more comfortable in an environment? Yeah, um, so I uh, I ended up going to the doctor a lot. Um, just constantly wanted to make sure the baby was okay. I found myself there almost every few weeks. I had a rough pregnancy. Uh, I was sick a lot. I lost weight during my entire pregnancy. I did not uh, gain one pound. I'm actually heavier now than I was during my pregnancy. Uh, and because of that, I wanted to make sure everything was okay. I felt that this wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. And they kept telling me it was normal. And so this every time this is this really is so common ladies. And the reason the reason um, I would go in, I would say maybe I'm having this pain, I'm having this cramp and it couldn't test me for anything because when you have a baby growing inside of you, they can't do much of anything. They can't do their normal tests because they don't want to affect the baby. I mean, unless it is really life threatening, they're going to try to make sure that they limit as much medicine they, as they put into you. They limit any type of radiation. Uh, they limit all the tests that they run on you. And it's hard for them to tell, you know, because our bodies change drastically during pregnancy. It's hard for them to tell if it was something going on with just me or if this was just a side effect of me being pregnant. Um, and so every time I went in there, I was told, you're fine. Baby, is, as long as the baby is healthy, to be honest, that's all they care about. When you become pregnant, that is really all they care about at that point is making sure that that baby is healthy and you have to be your own advocate because that's all they're going to check on. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do is make sure the baby is Mm-hmm. Um, when they should be making sure the mother is okay yes, as well. Yes, the carrier, you know, the person that the, the baby carrier, is. The carrier, the carrier, because you know who wants to bring a baby in and then there's no mom, you know, there. Uh, and so for me, I was very. If I I listened to my body a lot throughout my pregnancy, so if something didn't feel right, I went in. Uh, and I had them run the test. I didn't care, you know, run it. You know, I need you to make sure Absolutely. that I'm okay. I need mm-hmm. you to make sure I, I'm glad the baby is OK, but I need to be OK mm-hmm. because I need to be here for the baby. Uh, and so um, that was um, a challenge for me. I also live outside of New Orleans. So I live 40 minutes outside of the city. So every time I was going over, there, I had to travel, um, you know, living in a rural area, which is very common. If you are someone who lives in a suburb or a rural area, you got to travel to these um, these larger hospitals. Um, that's a scare in itself, you know, so making sure that you try to get if you can get a hospital that's in a close enough radius to your home. But that's another, you know, uh, reason to maybe consider a midwife or a doula that can come to you um, where you're not constantly having to, to travel over there. Um, 
Yeah, it was um, it was definitely uh, a challenge being in uh, a city that's not as big as what I'm used to. I just don't have access to as much in New Orleans um, as I would have in Atlanta or D.C. Mm-hmm. And there aren't a lot of duelists here either. I think that even if we had decided to make the investment, I also did not feel that there's a strong doula community. So if there's any New Orleans people out there, you may want to consider being a doula because there's opportunity for sure yes. in New Orleans as well as uh, midwives. Absolutely. And I saw a tweet today where it was a black woman, well, black mother pretty much, you know, on Twitter telling future doctors and dentists and, you know, anybody out there in the medical field, you know, don't stop. Like, please don't stop. We need you. And we really like we literally need you to be there for us so that we need you. These mothers are okay. We want both of them to be okay, not just one. Yeah, we need you to be okay because the maternal mortality rate is three times higher for African-American women than any other race. And when you look at the ratio of African-American doctors to doctors of other races, it's, you know, we are putting our lives in the in the hands of those who really don't care too much, you know, whether we live or, or go. Um, you know, they're going to fight for the baby and they may not even fight for the baby. And that's why it's important for us to seek people who look like us. I'm really, really big on that. And I did. You know, my team was very diverse. So I'm not going to say that, you know, that. But they don't understand all of the same problems that we have and they're just not aware to look for those risks they're just not aware to look look for them yeah I love how you highlighted the the importance of having a doula um I think the like you said like the many con, um conceptions of doula having a doula is oh it's like for the rich white person or whatever when that's really not the case at all everyone does deserve to have a doula everyone should have a doula and um yeah, that is something that we're lacking today is just doulas for um African Americans, us African American females, black females, whatever you you call it, low income and so forth because um doulas are important. They are advocates for you. They're your birth companions and the um the rate the ratio of um black women mortality throughout pregnancies throughout labor is actually lower when they actually have a doula. So, yeah, I love how you highlighted that. And I just love how honest you are about your pregnancy because I don't know. I don't like it. I'm not a mom and I'm not here to judge moms, but I just don't like it when you ask a, mo- a mom, you know, how was your pregnancy? What what was it like yet again? And they're like, oh, it's the best thing in the world. I never threw up. I was never, you know, anxious. It was lovely. Peaches and cream, like that annoys me so much. Like, we know your pregnancy just wasn't the most amazing thing, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to put up a false front. So I love how honest you are to our listeners right now, just letting them know it's not going to be all cloud nine when when you're in this situation. It's not. Everyone's pregnancy is different, uh, but it certainly was not all, uh, rainbows and sprinkles and sunshine for me at all and the more people I talk to the more honest you are about your pregnancy I find that people start to be a bit more honest but absolutely I mean it was 
it was probably one of the most challenging times of my life. And I'm someone who's been healthy my entire life. So going in, everyone just expected me to be able to beast it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, what is going on? At times, I honestly thought I was not going to make it. A week before I gave birth, I had told my doctor, I said, y'all got to take her. Y'all have to take her. It takes everything. I am so serious. For those women who have gone through it, you – it takes everything you have. I mean, you you are creating life. So you're literally giving your life to create another life. I mean, they're on your oxygen supply, your blood supply, your everything. Um, and so that's why it's so important for us to take care of our bodies because we become their source of life. Uh, and so yes. it starts in the it starts before, you know, you before you even start trying to have a baby, you want to make sure that you are taking such good care of yourself. And I travel throughout my pregnancy. My job, um, you know, requires me to to fly a lot. And so literally I was in air every other week uh, and I carried small, which was a little frustrating for me because no one thought I was pregnant. And I'm like, nobody's opening the doors. Airlines aren't offering oh my the doors. God. And um, I, I'll never forget, um, someone didn't offer me a seat. We were on a crowded train. And all of a sudden, my jacket, I had a jacket on. And so my jacket moved. And they saw my belly. And they were like, oh, my gosh, she's pregnant. And then they offered. Um, but it's it's Oh, it's, my gosh. Oh, wow. Sometimes people knew I was pregnant and never offered. That's another thing that's huge. People show respect to pregnant women. And I'm like, mm. what's going on? Offer these people your seat. Yes. The courtesy. My goodness. All of us came from a woman. So we've all, yes. you know, and you would think that their respect level would be there, but it's certainly, I've, I've experienced it. It's not always there. So during your pregnancy, like, did you at any point, did you know something was wrong? Like, did did your body, like, tell you anything just by knowing your body? Like, since it was already hard for you, like, what what was it that told you that something just wasn't right? So not during my pregnancy, um, even though my pregnancy was rough, um, I ended up carrying well um, and I delivered my baby on November 5th. Um, for a scheduled C-section, my actual due date was November 26th. Um, so if I had gone full term to 40 weeks, um, then I would have delivered her on November 26, 2018, if she had come on time. Um, three weeks after I gave birth, um, I suffered a stroke. Uh, sorry guys, it's, um, it's uh it's it's hard to talk about that. Um so the 3 weeks after um when we got the baby home, so Ashlyn, she's my baby girl. Um beautiful baby, beautiful baby. Thank you so much. <laughs> she's so adorable. Thank you. I was in the hospital for 4 days and um I got home and I was breastfeeding her. Everything was was going well, you know, we we're adjusting to being parents. And I would say about a week and a half in, I started having headaches. And so for me, I thought that they were related to my migraines. I've also always had migraines, another big thing in the African-American community. Uh, and so I just, very that is. I big. said, okay, I have migraines and I'm probably just, my body's adjusting and a migraine is coming over. Well, the migraine never went away. 
And then I started having neck pain. The neck pain was so severe, guys. I had my mom massaging me, my husband massaging me. I went and got professional massages, and nothing was touching the pain. It was so severe. And so finally, I said, um, I'm going to go ahead and go to the doctor uh, because they still consider you six weeks after birth. They still consider you inpatient, you know, during that postpartum period, even though postpartum period lasts a year um, after you deliver. Um, <clears throat> so I went to the hospital and my blood pressure was high. I did not have high blood high blood pressure at all, what's known as preeclampsia. I'd never had that during my pregnancy, but they wanted to test me for it because a lot of the things that you can suffer from during pregnancy, like preeclampsia, high blood pressure, you can also suffer from it during the postpartum period. And so they tested me for it and they said, you know, your blood pressure is a little high, but you're not at preeclampsia level. So we are not going to admit you. They gave me medicine Mm. and they sent and they sent me home. They said, you're fine. Wow. I said, okay. So I went home and I took the pain medicine. The pain still didn't go away. At this point, it's time for my um, baby girl's first shot. So I went to her pediatrician, me and my husband, um, on the 26th. And that morning, um, we went there and I, I started to, to, to lose vision. Um, I was looking at her doctor and I really couldn't see that well. And I turned to my husband and I said, maybe I need to go outside. You know, I said, maybe I just need some water. You know, we always start making excuses for things about our health. I said, maybe I just need some aspirin, some Motrin. Stop making excuses. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with black women. Like They want to make excuses and keep pushing on. And keep pushing and keep pushing. I said, maybe I just need some water. Maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe I'm hungry. Uh, I was thinking of anything, you know, besides what it actually was. And so um, I pushed through. Um, I had lost vision, though. I couldn't see. Uh, I was was having trouble focusing. And then um, I got up and I kind of um, I kind of tripped a little bit. And so uh, the pediatrician's nurse, um, she looked at me and she said, you OK? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she said, OK. So um, looking back, she said she should have checked my blood pressure, but she 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 didn't. And so that night, my husband and I had our first date night. We um, we had our first date night. Um, again, Ashlyn was born three weeks prior. So we said, let's let's go out for our first date night. We had season tickets to the Pelicans. So we went to the Pelicans basketball game and I was fine, guys. I, my sight was fine. I was in a good mood. I had a slice of pizza. I was drinking water. We were in the fourth quarter. They were playing the Boston Celtics. I will not forget it. There was about three minutes left in the game. And I went to drink a bottle of Dasani water and all of a sudden it started gushing down the side of my mouth. And my husband turned to me. He said, Brianna, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I'm clumsy. Again, making an excuse. I said, I'm clumsy. Um, I said, I think the water, I just I just drank too fast and the water is coming down my um, face. And he looked at me and he said, you're not okay. And then at that point, um, all I remember is him grabbing me and doctors and ambulance um, EMTs running up. And he's asking for help. He's screaming, asking for help. I need help. And because we're at a basketball game, people thought he was cheering, but he was asking for help. Finally, there was a woman sitting a few rows behind us that had noticed the entire thing going on. She leaped down and she turned to my husband and she told him her name. And she said, I'm a nurse. And she said, your wife is having a stroke, but she's going to be okay. 
and um, she was yes she was able to flag down uh, the ambulances and um, uh, the team doctors ended up coming up and assessing me and they said yes she's having a stroke and they got me to uh, Tulane Hospital as quickly as possible so I was transported by ambulance uh, and uh, I remember in the um, on the way there they said we have to give you a very powerful drug and there's a 30% chance when we give you this drug, it could kill you. But we have to give it to you because it's the only way to save your life. And um, that drug is TPA. Anyone who's had a stroke is very familiar with it. Uh, and they gave me the TPA. And fortunately, here I'm here talking to you guys today. Um, giving me that drug was able to stop Amen. the blood clot. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Yes. Giving me that drug was able to stop the blood clot that was in my brain um, and was headed to take me out of here. And uh, I was in the ICU, guys, uh, for a week. Um, I suffered an ischemic stroke. There's two types of strokes that you can have. One is an ischemic uh, where there is a blood clot that has stopped the blood flow to your brain. Um, the other one is a hemorrhagic where a vessel burst in your brain, and that's extremely dangerous um, as well. And most people who suffer one of those um, dies. Uh, and so, um, the portion of my brain that, uh, that, it, that it was affected, um, I ultimately did not have any, um, residual effects, but most people who have strokes do. So I thank God every single day, um, uh, for yes. my life, yes. uh, to be here for my daughter, to be here for my husband, to be here to talk to you guys. And, uh, it's becoming too common. This is becoming way, way too common. Um, during pregnancy, the blood in your body more than doubles. And what happens during the postpartum period after you've been pregnant for really 10 months, because it's not nine months, it's 10 months, you, your body has dispelled all of that blood. It's used to all of that blood in your body. And so it starts to clot trying to understand what happened. The baby's gone, the blood's gone, it's trying to calm back down. And a lot of women start to clot after pregnancy, but a lot of women are just prone to clotting. And if you don't know that, if you haven't been seen by a primary care physician, if you haven't been seen by specialists, if you haven't been seen by a neurologist or a cardiologist or any of those doctors, and you don't know your body, if you don't know your family history, if you don't know what your mother suffered from, what your father suffered from, any of that, you don't know how to take care of yourself or be aware yeah. of Preach, girl. And so that's why it's in so important for us. You have to know your family history. My mother suffers from blood clots. I knew that. You know, my mother suffers from um, high blood pressure. I knew that going in. So I was able to tell these doctors these things to look for these things for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's important that you guys take care of yourself, ask questions, um, and be an advocate. Um, but, but, yes, I suffered a stroke three weeks postpartum, um, and it was the scariest time of my life. Um, most people don't make it. A lot of people don't make it 30 days after having a stroke. So those 30 days, um, imagine just having a baby and then, you know, you're having to have deal with the baby while also wondering if you're going to every every night I went to bed. I was scared I wasn't going to wake up. Um, thank God for my husband who, you know, stood by my side during that time and was so encouraging and so supportive. Um, nights I would wake up crying, nights I was terrified. Uh, and so I just want people to know that it can happen. It's, it's rare. It is. My story is rare, but it is becoming more common. Yes, it is. It really is. Wow. And 
it's by the grace of God that you're here even that you're this aware of you know everything because a lot of people aren't as educated about themselves and their family and their body as you are and I think that's amazing because a lot of people don't even know you know what happened when their mother had them or you know if their mother how their Mm -hmm. mother even gave birth and I think that's so so important yeah Brianna oh my gosh your story just gave me chills and I really want to say that you are the definition of a strong black woman like girl for right real. there right there absolutely yes. repulsive the way how the nurses they just kept like dismissing you not checking your pressure yada 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 and it's just so the common there. for black women it is just mm-hmm. all too common and it's like another thing is it kind of reminds me of an episode I saw on Grey's Anatomy where they were saying women's symptoms of stroke are different from men like women they can be super normal just super chill they can go about their day for like weeks and you know they don't know that they're having a stroke and I feel like that's definitely something they should have they should have taken your EKG right there and then that's that should be standard protocol but oh my gosh just thank god everything worked out and you're okay for real like I commend you you are you're an amazing woman you're remarkable and your story it's gonna touch a lot of lives yes it is is, girl Mm -hmm. and and because I feel like a lot of people need to be more aware and this is this is a wake-up call to anybody else out there like please make sure that you're getting checked make sure you know make sure you're in the know of everything this this episode is happening for a reason honestly Yep, you're never too young. You are mm-hmm. never too young nope. to suffer anything. You aren't. Mm-hmm. So at, we've highlighted before in another episode, um, earlier episode, is actual fact that black women are more likely to suffer death or pregnancy complications than other races. Do you think the hospital or the clinic where you were, do you think they failed you as a black woman being that they saw the signs, but they just couldn't really put their fingers on it? Like, How, how do you feel about that? You know, um, I've often thought about that, and I do wish that that day that when they when I came in for a headache that had that I'd have for two weeks, that regardless of how high my blood pressure was, even though it wasn't a preeclampsia level, knowing that I was still in the postpartum state, they should have admitted me. They should have made that executive decision, knowing that it occurs during the postpartum period to go ahead and admit me and not send me home. And that happened a lot during my pregnancy. They dismissed things um, saying it's normal. And that's what they said during that period. It's normal. And I don't I'm tired of hearing it's normal. It's not normal. It's not. It's not not Mm -hmm. normal. It's not normal at at all. Um, And so. I do think they failed me. I definitely think they failed me that day. I think that they did help me. uh, They delivered a a beautiful baby on November 5th. But after that, they failed me. And what's even more alarming is my husband called my OBGYN when I had a stroke to let her know, you know, I had a stroke and I was breastfeeding at the time. So we were concerned if I was still going to be able to breastfeed and I couldn't. I had to stop because I'm on maintenance meds for the rest of my life. I'll have to be on blood thinners. And I have a stent in my neck, um, my right car- carotid artery dissected. It, excuse me. And so that's how um, I had the stroke. And she didn't believe him. And this is a what? American OBGYN. Excuse me? And, and she didn't believe him because she said she was so healthy. That couldn't happen. 
And what she said to me was, if this had happened while during delivery, we wouldn't have known what to do. We wouldn't have known you were having a stroke. We would have thought, she said, we would have thought that um, you were um, having, um, suffering from, um, uh, what did she say? Um, Just going into um, a high blood pressure arrest or something is what she said. Just having really high blood pressure. I don't know if that's the correct medical terminology for it, but they would have never thought stroke. And so those team members, wouldn't have even been in there to be able to assist me. And she said, we likely would have treated the the wrong thing. Um, and uh, that was scary. That was what, that, that's what left my husband and I really, really scared is because they may not have even had the staff on hand right there um, to treat wow. them. Yeah, right there. When you, wow. you got to think there's a team of 10 people in there, you know, whether you're having a natural birth or whether you're, whether you're having a C-section, but those people are not specialized in everything. And so to think that they don't even have those people on deck, knowing that this could happen is another reason why we suffer um, and this is happening to us so much, you know, and they put those little compression socks on your legs to try to stop blood clots. But those things, they, they work, but they don't work as well as mm-hmm. monitoring you and being in there all the time. Uh, and so that's why I think that women need to know what go, what they need to know their their health background so that they can make sure, you know, say, hey, I want to make sure a cardiologist is available or whoever is available. Um, and there are hospitals that will allow that. They will put you in an actual surgery room to make sure that those people are on deck in the event that something negative happens. But again, going back to a doula, if a doula is in the room um, or another advocate for you, they can monitor those signs as well. Wow, girl. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> this is like I'm so like blown away just yeah, by all me of this. Too. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. Like they had to, you know, induce your labor early for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like everything happens for a reason. When I tell you everything happens for a reason. Oh my gosh. You know, knowing that the day I had my stroke was the day I was actually supposed to give birth to my daughter. Oh now- my goodness. Nothing but God. There was not, God was all in through this. Mm-hmm. I give him the, the glory, all of the praise, all of the honor. Every single breath I take, I give to him. Um, because it could have been different. You know, I, I could not be yeah. here and my child could be growing up without a mother. And I was given the opportunity to thank the EMT team. I was given the opportunity to thank the doctor who came in. It's like almost an episode of Grey's Anatomy. He was at home. Um, when they called him and said, Hey, we've got a, we've got a serious stroke patient in here that you've got to come in and do surgery on emergency surgery to save her life. Um, and so I thank God that he has those angels that he's put on this earth to do that type That's of right. work. But, but, but we need more. We need more people. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is a field that you are passionate about, don't shy away from it. You know, don't if God has given you this, don't give up. Please don't mm-hmm. give up because we, we really, really need you. We really, really do. Um, but I remember crying um, and waking up when I woke up um, and I looked up and I saw I was being wheeled. I said, I'm in the neuro ICU. I said, OK, so something happened with my brain. And um, 
I went in there and they said, ma'am, you had a stroke and I couldn't believe it. Not at 31 years old. That's something that happens to old people. Not 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 me. Not 31. I'm healthy. I haven't had any other issues. And I just remember crying and falling to my knees and saying, God, I know you didn't. I know you didn't bring me all the way here. You didn't you didn't bring me to this journey to tell me that I couldn't have kids. Then I had kids to allow mm-hmm. me to carry a baby and then almost take me out of here. Mm-hmm. That's not the God I serve. Um so I, I do thank him. Um, and I thank you ladies as well for, um, for sharing my story. No, so, absolutely. This thank is you. very important. This is amazing. So yes. one, one, I just want to know one last thing. Like how, how did, what was your experience adjusting after the pregnancy? Like how was that getting after everything, after coming back home? Like how did you adjust to all of that? What was that experience like? My family and friends, I give them all the, the kudos and the credit um, and the praise. Um, my um, I have a group of girlfriends that I love like no other. Um, they flew down immediately. Um, they were there within 24 hours. My mom and dad were there. Uh, and that support system was very important for me. So yes, having yes. a support system adjusting after pregnancy, um, my husband was off. You know, I had three weeks of, excuse me, three months of maternity leave. So I thank goodness for that, that I was able to take three months off and um, actually be able to stay at home and uh, take care of my baby. Um, my husband also took time off and I, I checked out guys. I, um, no social media, no TV, um, really just spent time getting to know my baby and understanding this new journey and this life. I think that is so important in spending time with your family. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can dis you have to disconnect. You can save everything else can wait. Um, and so that was important for me, um, in adjusting, uh, but also making time for me. Um, having a, a baby is, is a full-time job. Uh, along with all the other responsibilities that I have to deal with, with being a wife, with having, you know, a full time career, with having a business. Um, and it's important for me to make time for myself. I didn't re- understand that in the beginning. I was going full speed. Um, I was giving her, you know, 300 percent of me and I still do. But I was tired. And if you're tired, it's very, very difficult to be the best, um, the best you. Um, mm-hmm. And so I realized that it was important for me to take time. Um, to myself, but it's still an adjustment. I will not tell you that life is perfect. It is still, it is still an adjustment. Some days I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm a mom. You know, I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't. <laughs> life is, life is different now. It really, mm-hmm. really is. It's, 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 um, it's the best life I could have asked for. Um, every day is different with her. She's growing so fast. Um, but it, it definitely has been an adjustment in everything. Not understanding that, you know, I I may not get to cook every single night. I may have to meal prep on Sunday, and that's okay if I don't get to it. It's okay if the dishes aren't clean. It's okay if the laundry isn't done. And I think as moms, we try to be overachievers sometimes, and we try to do it all, and that's not realistic. For me, a huge adjustment was setting realistic expectations for myself and knowing what I can and can't do. Nice. So do you think you would want to like carry more kids or just adopt or have more kids in general? I can't. Um, and it pains me guys to tell you that, um, because at the beginning, if you remember, I said, I'm an only child, uh, and I wanted more kids. Um, but anyone that has suffered a stroke, unfortunately it is 
highly recommend it that you don't have another baby. And for me specifically, oh. because um, my carotid artery has dissected, um, it's uh, if I carry again, I will likely lose my life. And um, and and all the doctors I've seen have been very real about that. I've seen specialists. Um, who are still trying to figure out was this fully pregnancy related. Most of them are concluding that it is. I'm waiting for a final genetic test to come back, um, which should be coming back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but they've ruled out everything else. So the only thing that they can equate it to is pregnancy. Um, but because uh, my carotid artery dissected and there is a stent, um, if you remember, I said that your blood flow more than doubles during pregnancy. There is a risk that the stent is man-made, you know, they don't want all that blood pumping through my body and risk of it tearing um, or breaking and then a clot breaking through or I just, you know, um, lose my life. So it's not for everyone. Um, there are a few people that have been able to have babies um, afterwards. Uh, but for me, I can't. And that's a whole nother conversation that we can have because, there aren't many options, you know, um, they didn't want to do a surgery on me to remove anything uh, because I'm still in a very sensitive state. Um, so they're scared to do surgery. So I'm married. Abstinence is not really an option for me. Um, so I do have an IUD and I want it out. Um, so um, the only option for me to try to prevent pregnancy uh, was an IUD. Um, and I will be having it removed. I could talk to you guys all day about that. Um, my husband has decided to proceed um, with the vasectomy. Um, I know I'm getting real personal here with you guys, um, but we made that decision um, to protect my life um, and so that we can still have a fulfilled life. But to your question, um, we did freeze his sperm. Um, and so we will consider a uh, surrogate in our future. Lord's willing, oh, and and we may also consider adoption if surrogacy is not an option. Um, but those are we want more kids, and so um, for us right now, it's moving forward with the surrogate or or adoption. Oh, so nice. if any surrogates out there, let me know. <laughs> we need some good bodies, some good babies. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. we really do. We really do. So where can we find you? Tell us where we can find you by day. What do you do by day besides being a mommy? Okay. So um, by day, I am an HR consultant. I work with tech startups. Um, a lot of uh, the companies that I work for are located in Atlanta. Uh, but my company is called Purpose HR, and we provide outsourced HR support to all small businesses, whether you have um, a small external um, internal HR team, you're just looking, looking to augment your team or your needs or whether you don't have a team at all and you need support. Um, that's what we offer um, in any capacity from uh, recruiting to payroll to performance management to helping you build out your policies, your handbook, helping you uh, create a great culture. Uh, that's what my company uh, does. So you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Brianna Jackson. Um, and you can also hit up my company website at PurposeHR.com. Awesome, Sarah. Yes, this was amazing. I want to thank you again. This for real. Oh, my This God. was amazing. This is raw. This is, yes, what, we this is what we're about. Yes. And I want to thank you so much for coming and being a guest and feel so, feeling so comfortable enough 
to open up to us and actually give us the real and tell us exactly what it is because black women need to hear the real and what it is yeah so i want to thank you so much we thank wish you, you all the best we do like i want to be your bfs now let's just be friends <laughs> <laughs> if you need help looking for some surrogates you let us know <laughs> yes anything like please. that you let us know if you need anything from hot chocolate combos you let us know yes absolutely thank well, you thank you guys so much thank you so much have a good one thank have you a good one what's the sip speak now or forever hold your peace don't hold nothing back hit us up on facebook instagram and twitter to tell us what you're sipping on what are you sipping on i'm sipping on i'm sipping on the fact that rihanna is literally banking on this fenty fenty by savage or whatever it is she's put it on amazon um there was some big yes so my prime members you can actually get your Fenty in a day now. You're going to get the prices. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the delivery. You can even get it to a delivery box. I like to get my all of my Amazons delivered to a box. But I'm just, I'm loving the fact that Mama is getting it in this mm-hmm. industry and not even having to be music-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he's over the music? <laughs> like, he's like, Absolutely. She's like, y'all can kick rocks with this they music. They keep girl. bagging me for this music. <laughs> She's like, the more you ask me, I don't even care no more. Here, here's lip, here's some lipstick. Here's some mascara. I know. I know. I know. That's really dope of Brianna, though. She really is it doing really is. well. She is. I'm just so yeah. excited for her. The mm-hmm. fact that she, like, you're, she's literally becoming a businesswoman, mobile, mm-hmm. not just yeah. music. Not just music. Sis had to go out here and make shades and shades of colors for us because mm-hmm. a lot of people did not. But she's becoming immobile just for that. Have you ever seen the um the Savage wear? I have. I really have. The lingerie. Super cute. Yes. Yeah. And I heard they're really comfortable. I've been meaning to get on it. I, I heard the bras are really Super good. comfortable. Yeah. Oh, we got to get into that. And also, yeah. have you guys heard about a vegan oxtail? Oh, my gosh. I saw that online the other day and I was like vegan oxtail. Interesting. Why would you even think Ugh, I'm just I can't keep it, please. Who I need up you with these things. I need you to keep it. I don't want it. I don't even want to see. Don't you dare. How dare you bring vegan oxtails into my face and think that's okay? That is not okay. <laughs> it's disrespectful. Like I'm I'm at the point where I'm ready to fight. Like y'all are taking this vegan crap too far. I mean, if you're vegan and you're serious about it, just stay away from oxtails. Like, don't bring that fake, gooey shenanigans mm-hmm. and we thinking it's oxtail. It. Stop. It ain't. So I'm sipping on. So Fantasia did this interview, and yep. she says a lack of submission is keeping us women from getting a man. Further, she says that's not how it's supposed to be, and she thinks it's a generational thing. It's a generational curse, and women have to stand up and be the mother and father and the provider. And now it's like, you know, they can't be told anything, and that's, you know, that's kind of hindering them from getting a man. I mean, honestly, 
I see where she's coming from with the lack of submission, but I don't think that's what's keeping, that's, like, all that's keeping, like, women from getting a man, because I feel like, as women, we do have our own, like, understanding of what submission is, and that's, it's not necessarily the right understanding, Mm because sometimes when we hear submission, we think of, like, oh, if he says jump, we got to jump. If he says get in the bed, we got to get in the bed. We got to cook. Whatever he says, we got to do it. No. 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 So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, two minds about what she said. I do believe I in the whole too, But I, I, we got to yeah, tackle yeah. this when we hit this episode that we're going to hit later in the season about letting a man Yeah. So, yeah. you guys got to stay tuned for us to get into that. We'll bring that back up into the topic because I kind of feel iffy, iffy on it. And yeah, for some women it's hard, especially <laughs> when you're like <laughs> facts. But some reason it's super hard, especially when you've been like independent for a long time. I, I think yes. they seem hard, but yeah, I don't know. So that's what I've been sipping on. Anyways, Girl, I saw funny. that all day, <laughs> and I was rolling my eyes at it all day. And I'm gonna send you the other link that she posted with her husband in the background of her kind of explaining what she meant. And I was like, I can't right now. Oh wow! But I'm I'll, I'll look for that. I, I yeah. You. Wow. Girl. All right. So black business corner. Black business corner. Our beautiful guest, our lovely guest, Brianna Jackson. She just educated us on so much. She told us a whole bunch of her business and all up in her business, all up in the tea. So informative. I mean, the awareness was just amazing, girl. I love her. I do. Yes, Brianna, if you're listening, I love you. Yes, this was (laughs) right on time. We love you, girl. This is actually amazing because my friend had her baby this morning. So, gosh, she had the baby. She had her baby, Trelisa. If you're listening, congratulations to your beautiful bundle of joy. She is amazing. I hope this episode and the episode before, um, I will get all that for you. I have to actually go back and read it to you. Um, so hold off. I'll send you everything, but I just want to say congratulations to her, and I hope these episodes are actually helpful and beneficial to her. I'm so happy. Yes. Congratulations, girl. And that is also our guest that we had last season. Yeah. Odyssey Untold. Yeah, she did the holistic episode. And she mm-hmm. was amazing. She was, she was amazing. amazing. And I, she was pregnant then, I think. I'm not, yeah, she, she was, was pregnant then. So, oh, awesome. yeah, so uh, back, to back to our back black business. Sorry, yes. we have sidetracked. Um, Purpose HR, and that is literally P U R P O S E H R. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, it is purposehr underscore, and she actually has a website, and that is purposehr.com, and she's literally just the HR person. She is your mm-hmm. human resources, your recruit. She does mm-hmm. training and development, payroll and benefits administration. She's going to help you with the startup, customer service, cost savings. She is your girl. Yes, for all your so, HR consulting needs. Miss Brianna, Jackson. Yes, everyone. Mrs. Ja- mm-hmm. Mrs. Jackson. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was about to make it a whole song. 
So <laughs> make sure you guys check it out. Make sure you guys go on the website, IG, Facebook to check her out. We love to support our black businesses and we will yeah. definitely, definitely tag her in our post so that you guys will know exactly where to find her for all your HR needs. For sure. And guys, we hope you learned something, especially as black sisters, about mm-hmm. just our maternal health as black women and the things we can do and so forth. And oh, I really appreciated Brianna again for coming on this episode. And that's it. That's the end of our episode. That's it. That's the episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into episode four. We love you guys. Make sure you follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. HTC Podcast, Hot Chocolate Combo. HTC Pod on Twitter. Yeah, HTC Pod on Twitter. Thanks, guys. See you next Thank time. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Happy Tuesday and many blessings until